Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What I started doing is I just started looking for people who I wanted to be around me and filled my time with those people. And then those friendly relationships that have been there for a while, they just sort of drifted away and they sort of took care of themselves. In the back of your mind, your dreams should be real, right? Thanks all for tuning in to Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dream. Are you ready? Oh, boy. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dream Catchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome, and I've got the good fortune of having Jay Holmes with me today. Jay, how are you? Man, I am great. I am. I cannot complain. I'll tell you why. We're going to get into this a little bit with the dream catchers, right? When we're talking on the podcast, but I am finally living my dream of being a full-time entrepreneur. Fine. So it's life is good right now. I might be in the honeymoon phase and don't know, you know, the fights that are going to come when the, as the marriage progresses, but right now all is good, man. We, we, <laughs> it's good. No, uh, no complaints at all. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So if the listeners want to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so best way is to, to reach out at w2capitalist.com. That's, um, that's my brand. That's the educational piece of, of what I'm doing. Uh, from there, my email address is on there. Links to the community that I have a pretty good uh, community on Facebook. It's on Facebook right now. And uh, yeah, that's the best. That's kind of the landing page. And there's all sorts of different ways to contact me from there. So, and I like how you addressed that at the beginning. I've done a few podcasts now and everybody tends to wait toward, toward the end, but that's a, that's a good twist. I may have to incorporate that on, on my own. So. Yeah, it's intentional. I, I want people to know how to get to you as we dive yeah. into the thing. They can look you up and I don't read a background. And so, you know, we tell the story. And so if people want to check you out while they're listening, they can go do that immediately. So absolutely. Very cool. Very cool. I'm learning right now. <laughs> That said, I mean, let's dive into the background. You are finally living your dream as a full-time real estate investor, but 
how'd you get to that place? Let's back up and give us a little bit of background. So about, you know, I was thinking about this and you sent over, we were talking before you hit the record button about how you guys do kind of prep for the show or you prep me for the show. And, and it really made me think and it really challenged me to think about what is my big dream, right? And it keeps evolving as we kind of hit these different chapters in our life. And the first chapter, so we'll start with chapter one, <clears throat> was uh, approximately six years ago. Uh, I, we were six months pregnant with our very first kid. We now have three. And um, I had been climbing the corporate ladder over and over and over trying to get my way to the top to really, I never wanted money to be an issue for my family. And not that I had that experience growing up. My, my mom and dad were very much blue collar workers. I hated the phrase when they said, Hey, we can't afford that. Right. So when I, I'm going to double dip into Robert Kiyosaki's rich dad, poor dad, I found that book somehow. And it just had a fundamental shift the way I look at building wealth for myself and for, and for my growing family at the time. And it was one of the, I think I want to give him credit. I'm not really sure if he's the guy, but it's one of the, one of the sayings that really changed my philosophy. We use now uh, with our kids. And even when my wife and I are talking is it's not, we can't afford it. It's how can we afford it? Right. But in chapter one, the idea was I want to, the, the book rich dad, poor dad. If, if you're talking to a real estate investor and they don't mention that book, something's wrong, right? That's everybody's, every real estate investors kind of go-to book to, uh, they kind of set them on this journey. And thank you to, to Robert K for putting that out. I mean, he's helped so many, so many people. It's, it's amazing. But the idea of that book pushed me to say, okay, there's a different way that I can build wealth for my family. I enjoy what I do for the most part. Now there's always bumps and bruises along the way, right? Uh, when I was in the W2 world. And the first thing was, hey, let's just build enough so we can live rent free. Doesn't matter where we're living, that all of our other properties will pay for our mortgage or if we're renting a condo, because we quickly rented a condo once we moved about 10 years ago, um, and was to live rent free, right? And then we kind of moved into this, all right, now that dream has checked off. What are we going to do now, right? And we've been on this journey now, my wife and I've been on this journey now for, it was a seven year journey that we kind of had mapped out. Uh, it was cut a little short, but I think it's the kick in the butt that I needed, right? But the, the next chapter, I would say, was to be able to have enough income to replace my W-2 income so that when the time came and I got tired of messing with W-2 or whatnot, then I would be able to comfortably exit that world and then go do whatever we wanted to, right? Because at this time, <clears throat> excuse me, four years ago, we had kid number one, kid number two is on the way, and I'm falling in love with these kids, right? I'm like, man, they say there's no, no feeling like having kids, and you're not going to understand what that love's like until you have, you know, have your own, and they're correct. And one of the things that I, I just, it troubled me was, being, I worked at home, worked from home at the time, was being stuck in my office. My kids come knock on the door. Um, hey, daddy, can you, can you go play with me? Or, you know, want my attention. And I would have to say, no, I've, I've got to sit here and work. I got this meeting coming up, blah, blah, blah. And then let's, so, so let's fast forward to today, right? Whatever chapter we're on, we're day, I'm, I'm going to label it chapter three. So two weeks ago, 
um, due to the effects of COVID-19, I was laid off. Best thing that could have ever happened. Most people would have been like, what are you going to do? Blah, blah, blah. And if I had not been building this uh, portfolio of real estate investing and, and the business behind the educational piece of telling other people or educating other people on how I'm doing it while working a full-time job and, you know, being a, a, a part of a growing family, then I would really be stressing out. But I, I, I was bummed. Let me back up. I was bummed for a minute, mm -hmm. right? Because to me, I hate to lose more than I like to win. I felt like that was a loss. I felt like I, you know, I was uh, essentially laid off, fired, whatever you want to call it. And I was just like, no, that's, they don't have enough information. They've got the wrong information, blah, blah, blah. Cause I was in a, I was in a sales coaching uh, position and we were doing really, really well. Um, but needless to say COVID-19 happened and we had some layoffs across the board. I think they cut around eight or 10% across the board. And I was one of those. And, and now, you know, two weeks, two weeks ago today was my official last day. And I have never felt more productive, never felt more proud of what we're doing with the W2 capitalist. And just like Monday, my son comes in here and he says, and give it to him. He's got my persistence or stubbornness or whatever, but cause he's gone through now four and a half years of coming in the office and saying, Hey dad, can you go, can you go play with me? And me saying, no son, I got to work, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he came here Monday and says, Hey, will you go kick the soccer ball with me? And I almost immediately went to my default answer. And I looked at my calendar. I was like, you know what? You bet. Right, let's go. And his face just lit up. Of course, we weren't out there for 15, 20 minutes, and then we got too hot and had to come back in. But that meant the world to him at the time. And it was just a justification of what we had been working for. So for the last several years, come to uh, fruition, right, is being able to spend that more quality time with, with the kids. So That's huge, right? Yeah. And we get to pick what things mean for us that happen. It just is, it's not good or bad, but what does it mean for me? And what am I gonna do in response to it? Yeah. And decided it was for your good and you got to take the liberty of, hey, I get to set my schedule now. This Which is odd for me to do, by the way. It's it's so weird to, th to think, all right, what am I, cause I'm a guy that I have to stay active um, and I have to figure out, all right, how am I gonna grow the part of this business now and whatnot. But it is like when it when the news first came out, I got reach out to me and he said, "Dude, you have been grinding on this W two capitalist part time for the last couple of years." He said, "Imagine what you're going to be able to do with it for, for focusing on it at least eight hours a day." And I was like, "Yeah, that's that sounds kind of cool." I didn't understand what he meant until until earlier this week. I was like, oh my gosh, look at everything we accomplished just last week, week one being fully focused. And it's, it's incredible, right? So of course, my, you know, my parents, they're old W2 folks. They like that steady paycheck and they're like, man, what are you going to do? Of course, they're, they're always supportive. Hey, if you need anything, let us know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, and I love them to death for that, but it's, I know every time I talk to them, you can hear that voice of how are y'all doing? You need anything, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're living the dream, man. That's what we're doing. We're living the dream. <laughs> so, riddle me this, right? You, 
W2 Capitalist has grown, but I'm sure when you started out, it wasn't growing the way you wanted it to. So (laughs) building, like what made you keep doing that? Um, you know, great question. I think there were a few people and that started, well, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to make up an answer here, even though you gave me that question ahead of time. But I, I, th- I think it was just, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, right? And I've had many things fail. Um, I had a lawn care business when I was uh, right in college, uh, all the way up to right before the W2 Capitalist, I had, um, had uh, developed an app <clears throat> that I was trying to, to make it go places and it didn't, it failed miserably. Spent a lot of money, a lot, way much more, way more money on that than I should have to, to try to make it successful. But I think it was just one of those things. I went through this course that was hosted by um, Ryan Mickler, who is a founder of order man. And I had stumbled upon him uh, about the same time frame that, um, we had bought our first rental property and just his message was so concise and clear. He was offering uh, to teach people how he did this. And I went through that course and he said, here's the thing. If you want to start a movement, if you want to start helping people, really helping people out, you have to explain why you're the expert in that field. And it took me a while to kind of grind on that and had a lot of self doubt Hey, am I the expert or am I just a guy who's, you know, uh, what do they call it? Um, imposter syndrome, right? I was going through that. Am I the guy or, or not? And at the time, I mean, that was two years ago. We had far less, we had maybe 40, uh, 47 units in our portfolio. Now we're up to 328, I think. Um, but it was one of those things where he, he was like, look, if this is something you're really passionate about, you're going to be able to do it, right? Regardless of how many people come in. It was just one of those things where when I went through that and I found to understand, okay, here's what the W2 Capitalist is. Here is uh, why I'm uniquely positioned to lead that effort. Then it was just a matter of, of getting my message straight and getting it out there. Now, it did not grow as fast as I wanted it to, right? And it still is not by the way. And I'm so, so this morning I did a YouTube live and I talked about a post I did in November of 2018. And it was talking about how I balance a um, full-time job, a growing family and an REI side hustle. I guess I need, I need to change the title now to past tense, but then in that blog post, I mentioned how the Facebook group, and I can tell by the wording and, and whatnot that I was super pumped that our Facebook group was Uh, a little over 3000 members, right? Today, we're almost hitting the 7000 mark, right? In my opinion, I looked at that and I was pretty, it was nostalgic to look back and say, okay, I got 3000 members in. We've doubled that more than doubled that now. But man, this should have grown a lot. You know, my next thought was this should have been like grown a lot more since then. Now, a lot happened between there and then Facebook changed this algorithm like 15 different ways or whatnot. So um, I'm giving myself excuses, but I, uh, I, I started seeing um, when we really started seeing some growth, it was one of those things where, all right, now we've got some momentum. And I tell you now that I have 
dedication on it full time, it is the momentum is like in hyperspeed. It's it's super crazy beyond my wildest dreams so far. Again, I might be in the honeymoon phase, but it feels really good right now. So let's highlight that. <laughs> Stay there. I mean, yeah. Regardless of what's happening, right? And you know, we have a common point of connection, James Bryan, and he talks about yeah. you be happy. And yeah. You got to choose to your state, regardless of what's going on around you. You, you yeah. get that decision. It's so, a middle thing, right? And you got you got to surround yourself by the right people to keep that too. Right. So, as talking about surrounding yourself with the right people, as you were going through this journey, like who showed up to help you out along the way? Uh, my wife. She has been. She does not get enough credit, and I don't do enough for her to show her that. Um, uh, luckily she's, she seems to be happy and stays with me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my wife was, has been the biggest uh, voice of reason behind it. One of the, you know, one of the most frustrating things that I enjoy about her is I can grind on, on a topic or something that's just getting at me, you know, and I can't figure it out. And I'll go explain to her, you know, like five or 10 minutes, Hey, here's what I'm struggling with. And within a couple of seconds, she just gives me the most brilliant answer. It's like, you should be running things. Like you should be taking the heat. She was like, no, no, no I don't want to do, I don't want to be on camera or any of that stuff. I don't want to do the education piece. I just want to take care of the kids. I'm like, but you're smarter than me. You know, how do I, how do we get that across? But uh, she has by far does not receive enough credit for it. And um, she's been there. And, and that's the thing is, when you talk about real estate investing, there are so many decisions that have to be made. If you're married uh, or you have a significant other of some sort, you know, you have to have this significant other on board. Otherwise it is going to end horribly one way or another. Right. And I have been extremely lucky to have her in my corner and pushing me along and giving me the encouragement that I needed. Um, she's definitely a godsend for sure. Yeah. She's going to be thrilled when she hears this. Yeah, no, she was like, now that's what I wanted for Mother's Day. I was like, well, you know, I'm, anyway, we'll get into that. <laughs> but baby, I did. <laughs> gave you all the credit. And I mean, that's a beautiful thing because you guys have been married for a long time. And, you know, when you add in the kids, you yeah. know, you become opponents. You know, a lot of times they either bring you closer together or push you further apart. So it's great that you guys are in the yeah. lot on that journey together right our oldest is trying to figure that out now where he'll come to me if he doesn't like my answer he'll go to her and he'll say but daddy said and I'm like no, no no it's not uh let's not go there so yeah it's uh it's definitely one of those things we just have such a great great connection uh and we always have um so um anyway but you're you're right it, it's it's we've for some folks taking on, you know, working a job and trying to raise a family and do all this stuff is, is, is enough in itself. Right. And you really got to have that, that special person on the other side. And luckily for me, that's my wife that's been able to help push me. And just when I'm down and out, cause I'm like, I mean, I'll, I'll get down and out about myself. I have those moments. She's like, she reminds me, Hey, think about what you did. Think about where you were this time a year ago and oh yeah oh yeah so uh biggest thing is i think i trust her more than anybody else in the world so her 
opinion matters more than anybody else's in the world too. That's big. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as you were going through this and you were on this journey, right. And you said it wasn't growing as fast as you wanted it to go. I'm sure there's some other things that went on, but was there a point where you're like, I've got to keep going. I, I got to keep building this. I actually have something here. This is a red pill moment. Yeah. <laughs> I like the shirt by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah. You, you know, when you start out, um, so when I started the W2 capitalist, it started around a Facebook group and I was like, all right, how do I get the word out? I don't want to spend a lot of money on ads or anything like that. How do I do this? And, uh, Ryan Meckler said, look, invite a hundred of your friends, regardless if they join or not, just invite a hundred of your friends. And that's where I started. Most of the people that were on my friends list at the moment, people who I grew up with very much, uh, great people, by the way, but just had a different vision of how they wanted their life. They wanted the, the nine to five, uh, forever. And, um, because they, they enjoyed that, right? They enjoyed the comfort of it. So when I posted, Hey, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm, we're focusing on real estate investing. We're going to focus on educating other people with what we're doing. You know, some heads turned and they were like, what, what, what are you, you know, I've heard everything from, um, real estate mogul, uh, sarcastically real estate mogul, uh, Donald Trump jr. And, um, what was the other one? It's probably my favorite is like slumlord, but we don't, we don't own any, you know, slums, so to speak. So it's just one of those things where you start back to what we were talking about earlier, surrounding yourself with the right people. You, you start getting that educate, not education, that motivation that you need. Right. And not only are you surrounding yourself by the right people, you're distancing yourself from those people who don't believe you and are not there to support you. That's probably the more difficult, most difficult thing to do out of that whole circle building thing. But yeah, there, there was a moment when, you know, I sent that out and, and, and it was right. And it's not just one time, right? We go through this a lot. You've probably went through it a lot too, where you get to this point where like, all right, now am I done with this? Right. Cause it's not growing like I want it to, what, what have I got to do? But what I've started figuring out is it, the whole process of creating the W2 capitalist, which in my mind is, is a movement, right? It's not really, it is a brand, but the idea is to encourage people that you can build wealth outside of your W2 uh, and still maintain that family life that you want to have. And one of the things that I've, I've discovered is it has to be just a constant evolving. Uh, I'm not taking the red pill once I'm taking it at least once a year. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and every time it pushes me outside of my comfort zone. Um, when the Facebook group wasn't growing as quickly as I wanted to, I was like, okay, well the next vision, let me go back and see what Mickler did when well, he started creating a podcast. So I started a podcast. Uh, that was last year, right? So that's taking the red pill. Here comes this huge spike of of more people in the Facebook group. Then after that, it was um, I put on a virtual summit uh, just uh, a month ago, um, Saturday, which was me hosting virtually all these experts in real estate investing, and we had over six hundred people sign up. It was it was a very it was a live event. 
totally pushed myself out, outside of my comfort zone. And then last, so that was another red pill. And then I doubled down in the month of April and said, all right, what have I got to do now that I'm about to get laid off? And I was like, okay, well now I got to grow a YouTube channel, right? So I've been doing these YouTube lives every morning at 6.30 a.m. Central. And that is nerve wracking. Most of the time, and, and just a secret for your audience, I don't, I haven't shared this with anybody else, I don't think, is I don't know what I'm talking about until about 20 minutes before I hit the go live button. And it's, and it's, it's not planned that way. It's just when I finish with that, that episode that morning, then I go about my day. I still have all these tasks I've got to do. And then the family, you know, want to be, still want to be present with the family. And then by nine or 10 o'clock, I'm so exhausted that I don't know, you know, I start, I, I fall asleep thinking about, all right, what am I going to talk about in the morning? <laughs> and then when I wake up, I, I start, I haven't been as religious as I want to about working out in the morning. So I'm not going to say what during my workout, but if I get up, like I'm supposed to, my thoughts will start coming together. And it's just one of those things that really has pushed, pushed me outside of my comfort zone. So whenever time to answer your question, and I've noticed that every time you ask me a question, I go off on these long tangents to, <laughs> to get you an answer. But it seems like at least once a year, this time it's been twice a year, is, is I've got to take that red pill just to know, hey, it's got to go forward. Because there have been a few people who have been around since the very beginning that has truly helped, right? And not just them. I got a message this morning from a guy who just joined a mastermind group he paid for something he shouldn't have. And I refunded his money. And I said, no, 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 you're, you're part of the mastermind. Don't worry about it. And he was like, no, I'm happy to donate to your cause. Cause it's been so tremendous to, to, to learn from you and from your group and your tribe. And I was like, well, look, I'm still refunding your money, but if you want to help an even greater cause, like I appreciate your comments, but go help out. Here's my fundraiser page for operation underground railroad which is an organization that exists to help abolish uh, child sex trafficking, which uh, amazingly is, um, I think there's an estimated 2 million children worldwide that are caught up in that horrible world. But, so it, yeah, I take that red pill quite often and it gets me, it definitely pushes me out of my comfort zone, but the results on the other end are, are pretty freaking incredible. So. What's up, tribe? It's your host, Jerome. I just want to let you know that we put together a free 15-point checklist for exiting the matrix. Jump on over to dreamshouldbereal.com in order to pick your free copy up. Let's get back to the show. I love it, man. <laughs> um, and it's a continuous decision, right? Because it's not one and done. So yeah. I get yeah. you pulling that point out. So were there any challenges along the way that's worth mentioning? Um, yeah, so I'll, we'll circle back and I'll try to not chase the rabbit around the yard to get you an answer. But, <laughs> but yeah, the, the biggest thing, the biggest challenge is getting the right people around you, you know, because there were relationships that I had my entire life, you know, 40 years uh, of, of knowing folks that i just stop hanging around because they were not supporting me in the way that I wanted to be supported. You know, sarcasm aside, we all have those, those lifelong friends that we've uh, can jokingly just punch in the arm and call them the worst thing in the world. And they, they laugh and then call you the worst thing right back. Maybe not. Maybe that's just me being weird, but um, we, we all have those friends who 
claim that they're friends, but when you ask them for just to, to mentally support you, right? You're not asking for a donation. You're not asking them to invest with, with you. You're just saying, Hey man, I, I just, I value our friendship. Here's what I want to do. I need your mental support for this or your moral support. And it's not there. And I'm like, ah, that is so disappointing. You know? So the biggest challenge is, is letting those long-term relationships uh, drift to the outer edges of your circle and bring in new people in, right? Because then you got to start over with, do I trust these people? I don't really know them. They seem like they're on a similar path, but you know, so that, that's the biggest challenge, but I, I will say that um, I'll give you two, right? So that piece, and then also something we were talking about earlier, I think it was before you hit the record button is being able to give more than you expect in return. Those two things have been the biggest challenges for me, but as I've gone through that, they have provided the biggest reward. Mm. So how did you actually overcome this internal wrestling with letting people go that you've been in a relationship for a long time with? It wasn't easy, but it's not, I didn't have this conversation with them and, and say, Hey, you're an a-hole and just, you know, you're not supporting me. I didn't have that conversation. What I started doing is I just started looking for people who I wanted to be around me and filled my time with those people. And then those friendly relationships that had been there for a while, they just sort of drifted away and they sort of took care of themselves. Right. So then if you're ever at the reunion of whatever, and you see them and there's no hard feelings other than some jokes about, Hey, I didn't even know you were still alive. You know, where you've been kind of thing. But it was it, it, one of those, and it wasn't easy. Right. Because if you noticed, I had a couple of friends that, um, if we ever talked, it's because I dialed them, right? There was no reciprocal. Hey, how you doing? How's the family? Whatnot. And that was tough. That was tough to accept that um, it was a one-sided relationship. And just being exposed to the right people highlighted how many of those I had and how many of those I needed to allow to drift further outside my circle and then get, get the, the right people around me, uh, in a closer fashion. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Man, you have an amazing smile, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to use the video, but you should just for that smile. <laughs> Buttons right now. I, I just love, because, you know, that is one of the biggest things that holds people back. And I hate to say it this way, but I don't have a better illustration, right? When you think of a rocket ship, it sheds every time it goes yeah. to a level, yeah. right? And it's a smaller and smaller group, but it's more tightly knit and interwoven and connected. And so, you know, people hold on to that one. That's their favorite thing. Well, you know, these are my day ones. We started at the beginning. Yeah. We've all come up together. And the reality of the situation is the majority of people don't actually, they're not real for you. They're not sharing for you. They're not opening up the doors and yeah. opportunities for you. They're around because you benefit them. And proximity friends, right? Proximity. And you know, when you make that call, Hey, I need something and you don't ever call them and ask for anything, but you've been there supporting them through their times of need. And they don't have anything for you. They're just kind of looking at you with their eyebrow raised. Like, what are you asking me for? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, and it was interesting because I was, I forget who it was, but they were sharing, like, it's unhealthy when a relationship is one way, right? When you're always doing, you're always giving, like, it makes it un, for an unhealthy relationship and you need somebody to reciprocate. And so we began having these conversations in my circles about mutual benefit. All yeah. relationships should be mutually beneficial. And, you know, one place where I think a lot of people just kind of let this ride is in their family. You know, yeah. some people in your family show up and they just take from you. And they feel obligated to continue to participate in that unhealthy relationship because they're family. But that wouldn't happen anywhere else in the world. So why would you continue to do that? And I think one of the places where it happens most frequently is in marriage, right? And, mm, you know, it's a tough one stops doing everything and they're just along for the ride and other person's carrying the load and you know they look around and you're like well what happened how could this not be what you wanted it to be and i think a lot when you're you're a man right you're a provider (laughs) you do all the things uh you you can end up in a place where you've taught other people to feel that way and one of the things that i've learned in my old age is a lot of men don't ever put their mask on right they're putting everybody else's mask on and making sure you got money for this or that, because I too had that issue of, I don't ever want to tell my kids they can't have something because I don't have the money for it. I felt like that was failure for me. Mm. And, you know, that didn't mean that I wasn't going to tell them no. It just meant I didn't want to have to tell them no because I didn't have resources available to fund whatever we were working on. And so, you know, you go through all these different things and if you don't make sure you have the right circle around you, being a giver can be toxic because you'll end up drained and be surrounded yeah. by buyers who are, are just taken from you. And so, you know, with all that said, like what's been your worst fear in the process? Some people would say losing their job, losing their home. <laughs> You've been going on, along on this journey and something happened, but that might not be the big deal. What, what's the big deal? What, what's been driving you from a fear perspective? Um, probably failure in front of my, my, uh, immediate family's eyes, my wife and my kids that is and myself. Uh, I hold myself to a bigger, taller standard than most any, well, than anybody around me, including my wife and, and my kids. And it's, it's fear of not accomplishing what I know I can accomplish. Right. And again, another, um, a quote, uh, well, not another quote, another thing that I learned from uh, Ryan uh, Mickler was you, everybody's got fear. You just have to find the courage to take action. And so I'll combine two quotes here. And then, and then you punch that fear in the face, right? And I don't, uh, the punch of the fear in the face came from um, author John Acuff, John Acuff, A-C-U-F-F. Anyway, but I, I, I think back, I don't know if you're a fan of the Andy Griffith show. I grew up on the Andy Griffith show, but there was an episode where, where Opie's getting bullied around. Right. And basically Andy tells him, look, you can't, can't let the kid, you just got to turn around and just, of course, Barney does it all his antics and whatnot. But at the end of the show, Barney, uh, Opie comes into the, to the sheriff's office with a big old black eye. And he's like, did it hurt? No pop. I flew into him like a windmill in a tornado and he was just, and he just took him out, you know, 
So it's, I remind myself of that when I get fearful of, of failing is that whatever I'm fear, fearful of, I just need to have, it just needs to happen. Right. And if you hear the kids screaming in the background, I apologize. That's number three. She's probably hungry. <laughs> um, or she hears me in here talking and she wants to come in here. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's usually fear is something we build up in ourself, uh, in our minds that, and we keep doing it over and over and over again, that it turns out to be this huge thing that really in reality is very tiny, very small. So one of the things that I do now to help face fear is that if I am dreading doing anything, it doesn't matter what it is, if I'm dreading calling this person, if I'm dreading going and having this meeting, it's going to get scheduled first thing in the morning because I don't want that hanging over me all day long and I'm going to dread it all day long. I'm going to be in a worse mood by the time that event happens. I'm going to do that first thing in the morning. Now, if I call you or want to meet you first thing in the morning, that doesn't necessarily mean that I dread that meeting. It is, it's just me, this the big thing that I want to get accomplished that day. And usually that is one of those things is I want to get the things that I'm fearful of off my plate so I can then go focus on something else. Eat the frog first, right? There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan of that book too. So hmm, we, we talked about you being able to play soccer with your boy the other day. Um, and I see that as a reward for doing what you've done over the past few oh, yeah. years. Uh, are there other rewards for going down this arduous journey that you, you think's worth mentioning here? Yeah, I think to, I think it's worth mentioning. I'm still proving to myself that we can do this. You know, I was in the, I was in the W2 world for 20 something years and that steady paycheck that comes along with it, the benefits that come along with it you know, that's all gone away or going away. And, you know, so there's, again, I, we might be in that honeymoon phase, but everything that I'm looking at now and everything that I kind of measure our finances on, everything's looking up. Right. And so I, I think I still have to prove to myself and it'll be something. And I'm up for the challenge just because again, I hold myself to a higher standard than anybody else is that, it's going to be something that I'm going to have to do every day. Right. Um, I think Jocko Willing's got a pretty good quote about uh, just being in it every day. So I, I have to do that. And I recognize that. And, but quite frankly, it is the most rewarding thing. The last, not the most, I can't say that knowing my wife and kids are, are actually the most rewarding thing. But from a building a business and proving to myself that I can do this without the man hanging over my head, you know, and being in charge of my schedule and my financial situation is that I can do this. Right. And I've got, that is the most rewarding piece of chasing after my dream. Right. Which again, chapter three is a whole lot, looks a whole lot different than chapter one. Right. Like it. I like it a lot. And so what's the biggest difference to your approach to life today versus prior to taking the rep? Or yeah. <laughs> um, man, biggest difference in life, uh, freedom, freedom to, to, as if I want to go play soccer with my kids, I can go do it, you know? 
Um, that has probably all. So I'll I'll give you two. And I know you you asked for one as being the biggest, but freedom is one of those things that helps us just do more. But you know, courage. I'm a guy who I, I struggle with finding courage. Don't know why. Always have. There's there's um uh it's, I, I, there's something mentally wrong. I'm sure I can go sit down with a psychologist and we can figure it out. But I'm not going to do that. But there there's something wrong with I I struggle with finding courage or finding uh um being proud of what we've been able to do. Right. And so I think one of the things, if you rewind um, to chapter one of my, my, my dream, my dreams, um, and you were to ask me, Hey, in four years, you're going to be able to exit your W2. Not only are you have one kid on the way, like you do right now, you're going to have three kids you're going to live in the biggest house you've ever lived in on a golf course with a pool. I'm going to look at you and say, no freaking way, you know, because I wouldn't have the courage to think that was a possibility. So, and it's not something, I guess my look at courage and, and is that either some people are born with it or some people are not. And I, for whatever reason, have just been in the shell. I, I am growing out of my introvert personality. Maybe that's part of it too. But it's one of those things where I look at a few years ago and think, would you have the courage to, like one of the, I was let off from my work, right? And one of the YouTube live videos that I did just a couple of weeks ago, I called out our corporate executive team for not announcing. Now, rumor is they actually took pay cuts, but they didn't announce it. They're a publicly traded company. I don't, I think that has to be announced, but I announced that uh, I called him out on a YouTube video and just said, look, I'm fine, right? There are other people who are not that need to know that you guys are in this fight with them. So um, here's what I'm encouraging you to do. Take a pay cut, you know, uh, let the people who make it happen for you know that. And I was nervous. I was sweating when I was recording that YouTube live, man, I was, I was all over the place. But if you rewind four years ago, I would have never had the courage to do that. I would have never had the courage to come here and talk to you, right? I mean, it, it just, it wouldn't happen. So courage and freedom are the biggest changes. Uh, confidence is the word I was looking for. Having the confidence to, to do anything, right? Uh, my confidence level four years ago versus now is tremendous. And it comes with just 1% improvement every day, right? Yeah, so I was on the call where one of your presenters during this virtual summit you did a few weeks back, and he, he was showing the model from Tony Robbins where you have results, and then you have the activities and the cycle that goes around. Yeah. And so, you know, you're building the the confidence and the courage muscle. You yeah, keep, yeah. Things happen, so it confirms your belief, and you do more, and you keep doing more, and it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's just like lifting weights, man. Repetition reps. Yeah. And so I love that. that. It's definitely an exercise. And you're talking about uh, Bill Allen who kicked off the summit and I was amazed with his in in intro and that whole cycle thing. But you're right. It is a, it is a muscle. I've never looked at it that way that you have to flex. Hopefully what I, uh, I like to refer to things as trains, right? And you get big enough. It's slow moving out. 
kind of like the Facebook group and kind of growing the W2 capitalist. But the idea is to, it's going to be this train, right? And it's going to be hard to stop once it's moving. So that's, um, that's kind of one of the things I've helped myself mentally is, all right, we're, we're a train. It's slowly going, but here pretty soon it's going to be hard to stop us. So, yeah, yeah. but I love that you referenced Bill Allen. That's awesome. So let's see here. There's a couple of more questions. Oh man, there's so many different good ways to go. <laughs> uh, all right. So I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to give you opportunity to go down this road anyway. What are you most grateful for? Uh, well, I mean, she's in the other room. It can't, you know, there, I wouldn't be where I'm at as a person, as a man, um, as a father, if it wasn't for her, you know. That's beautiful. Concise and easy. (laughs) The clarity around that though, right? I I know there's a ton of people out there and you know, one of my favorite movies in the world is the pursuit of happiness, right? Yeah. We have the main character, Chris Gardner, trying to get this job and he comes home and he tells his wife while they're in the bathroom that, you know, he's going to be a stockbroker. And her response is, why don't you just go be an astronaut? Right. whole thing up and storms out and then she ends up leaving them. And, you know, I, I just love seeing those victories where, you know, nobody, especially the people closest to them, believe in, believe them. in them. But, you know, when you have that at home, like you can be a superhero, you're invincible and you've got the latitude to go out and try things where if the person was scared or fearful, uh, you wouldn't have that latitude, especially for right. them to confirm the decision that you're making. So no, man, that's, that's a beautiful thing. We need to see more of that. And so, you know, your wife is being a great example to other wives out there in the world. What dream are you most focused on catching next? <laughs> oh, man. Um, how immediate or how long term, right? So one of the th- so I, I struggle with coming up with these big, hairy, audacious goals, these BHAGs, as I, I like to call them. Uh, my main BHAG is to create 300 years of generational wealth for my family. Now, that's a cool statement to think about because the U.S. was founded in seven, 1776, right? And we're not 300 years old just yet, if I'm doing the math correctly. We're not there. So if you think of, or got its independence, so to speak, um, that's a long time and I don't know how I'm going to get there yet, but I do know it's going to come from helping other people, right. And helping them achieve their goals. And it's one of those things. And I, I, I wish I knew who put this message into my, and, and how the go-givers out there as well. It's a, a book by Bob Berg. I think it's Bob Berg. Um, that instilled in me, Hey, just, be giving, you know, help others. It's eventually going to come around and the law of karma, right. It's going to come around and help you. But the most immediate goal, something this year that I'm, I'm focused on, even still with being laid off and everything else that we have going on, um, trying to take our business to the next level. My most immediate dream is to raise $50,000 for operation underground railroad, which you saw, um, uh, about probably, well, we're at 8,900 bucks right now, which most of that came from the summit that you mentioned earlier. Uh, but our, my idea was I was going to raise it all 
during that uh, weekend, which was a lofty goal. It was definitely a push goal for me. And, but the year, you know, we're uh, almost halfway through the year. I still got time to, to make it up. And I think as the economy gets back into it, people are going to have a little bit more to spend. And now that I'm full-time focused on, on this, I've got more time to help dedicate to that. So the, the most immediate goal this year is to raise, or, or uh, not goal, dream, this year is to raise $50,000 for Operation Underground Railroad. The BHAG dream is the 300 years of generational wealth, right? Both of those are worthy pursuits, and I think you'll reach them. It's just a matter of putting the effort behind them, right? And we yeah. talk about dreams, and dreams turn into goals, and you know, all you got to do is add a plan and a deadline on it, and you, you got a goal. So that's it. Like it, but you got to dream it first, right? First in your mind, then in the real space. So absolutely. What gift were you giving the world, Jay? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I don't. I like the question. I don't want to answer it because I feel like it's an it's an arrogant answer and. But I love the question, but I feel like any way I answer it, I'm going to sound arrogant and I'm already arrogant enough. So maybe <laughs> if that makes sense, I, I hopefully, well, all right. So let me, let me think about this for a second. Hopefully in a lot, some few people have come forward here recently and said, look, man, you've really been encouraging to me to understand that there is a world outside of the W2 piece. And I hear enough about your wife. I really want to see her, you know, get to know her. Like I've gotten it on you virtually and all this. And, and hopefully what people are seeing from what my wife and I have and what I am finding the courage to flex that confidence muscle to do is just to live, man. Everybody's got dreams and goals and we do get caught up in our day-to-day minutia of activities. Most of that's around the W2 job right? That we can't really experience life. And that's, hopefully they're going to see that as we, you know, again, we might be, we're in the honeymoon phase. We're recording this middle of May. I'm two weeks away from, from uh, being a full-time or from still having a full-time job, but hopefully they see that um, what, if I can do it, then they can do it too. Right. Because when it, at the end of the day, I guess some of that corporate talk at the end of the day, I am an average guy. I'm an average Joe. I drive a 2010 uh, Toyota truck. Uh, my wife's got a little bit better SUV than I do, but uh, she's, she's normally the one with the kids. Uh, we live in a four bedroom, two bath house. Uh, it, you know, at the end of the day, I'm an average guy and come from very humble beginnings. Uh, mom was a, um, office manager for a one doc, uh, medical practice. My dad was a fireman. So, you know, it, I, hopefully they see me and this is, I'm chasing my answers again around, I'm chasing that rabbit around the yard is that they see that, Hey, if this average Joe can do it too, uh, so can I. You're the gift right. of example. You're the yeah. showing people that it can be done, right? Yeah. And yeah. You're living it out every day. And that I, didn't sound too arrogant, did it? Not at all. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't know how that could be, right? I think we all want to be an inspiration to somebody, even if it's just the people in our homes. Yeah. And, you know, if, if I pull it back even more, like, you're just trying to win the affirmation of your wife. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, to be your supporter and proud of you and excited to see you when you walk through the door. Yeah. 
I, I think about my lady pretty regularly and you know one of my goals because I, I write my yeah. goal in the morning is that she'll smile when she sees me there you go <laughs> if she smiles when she sees me i'm in pretty good shape if she's rolling her eyes or turning her back whatever else then, i i doubt she ever does that jerome i doubt she ever does that <laughs> depends on the day but <laughs> <laughs> it's no jay i just want to affirm you for you know, chasing your dream and catching it, right? And continuing to build and go through all the struggles, the turmoil, uh, and, you know, just beginning to flex that confidence muscle. And, you know, you mentioned being arrogant, but, you know, I don't see it here. I see it as somebody who's being self-aware and cautious about how they come across to others who may not know them or have the experience of really understanding, hey, here's where I came from. Here's what I've done. It's nice, but here's where I'm going. And, you know, I'm glad to see you have that North Star of, you know, 300 years of generational wealth. Never heard anybody put it together that way. Uh, And most times, you know, when people create that, it gets crushed in like the second or third generation, depending on what they taught the kids. But I think you guys are modeling what should be modeled for your little ones to be able to go ahead and perpetuate that. You're showing them love, you're showing them hard work, a diligence and, you know, a willingness to sacrifice and prioritize. So, you know, those are all great lessons that not only your kids can take away, but me and the other listeners for this podcast can take away. And so the final question I have for you is, you know, what's the one thing you want people to take away from this talk? Um, if you're struggling with confidence, because I think that's where the biggest, my biggest growth has happened is when you find that fear, punch in the face, find the confidence to do it. And it doesn't have to be, you know, again, I want to remind you, everybody, that we're, we were on a seven-year journey, right? It wasn't one of these things that were going to happen. It wasn't going to happen overnight. Uh, I don't believe there are overnight success stories. Uh, I don't believe there are self-made millionaires, so to speak. I think everybody's on a journey in, in these don't get caught up in all the taglines and that or the tags and the headlines of you're going to be able to do this overnight. It is a journey, right? And if you can improve 1% every day, you're going to be a lot better spot than you are in a year from now than you are today. Right. And 1%, anybody can do 1%. Think about the exercise piece, right? If you're doing 20 squats, do 21. I know that's not 1%, but you know what I mean? <laughs> if you're doing 100 squats, do 101, right? Yeah. Ed Milet does that. He talks about just doing one more. Whatever the goal is, I'm going to do one more to make sure I'm running through the line, not to it. Yeah. Guy's a beast. <laughs> he is a beast. Physically. <laughs> Mentally, too. I mean, if you yeah, yeah. what they're doing and what he was able to build from nothing and from, you know, that car that was – you know, made up Mercedes or whatever. <laughs> get yeah, yeah. So, Jay, I mean, that, that wraps this thing up, man. What I will say is, man, I appreciate you being a dream catcher and being that example to the world. And glad you were willing to come on and share your story so transparently. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. All right, Jerome. Enjoyed it, man. Thank you for all the kind words. And I look forward to seeing what comes of you and, and dream catchers in the future. Thanks, man. Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real.